0: you take your bibles and turn with me to the book of jeremiah chapter 29 i got a phone call one day and it was a young lady who i had known for many years she called me and she asked me if she could set up an appointment to come and talk to me she does not attend our church when she came in you could tell that she had been crying her eyes were swollen her hair was messed up i mean she looked horrible she looked horrible she had been crying all night long and she started to talk to me. She's, I had known her for years. She grew up in the church. She went to a, what I would consider somewhat of a, a liberal Christian college. After she went to this college, she got a job teaching. and This was her second year of teaching. When she sat down with me to talk with me, she began to share with me her story. She says, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this is happening. I made one wrong decision and my life is just falling apart. She began to tell me a little bit more of what had happened. She had um, gone to a, a concert with some friends of hers. And at the concert, she ran into, her friends ran into some of their friends. And their friends were with some high school students from the school that she taught at. And after the concert, they went, they stopped by somebody's house and there was a party and there was drinking. So when the news gets back to the school, or the, the one of their teachers is partying with their students. Obviously, that does not go over very well. She was given the opportunity that she could resign. Perhaps they were going to let her resign, or they may fire her. There was also the possibility that she would never be able to teach again. There was some, could be pretty complicated. She might not be able to get a job. And she sat there and she cried. She says, I can't believe this. She said, I made one mistake. And now look at all that's happening to me. And and I had to be honest with her, and I had to say, no, you didn't make one mistake. Because I could take you back a few years, and I could show you the decisions that you've made that brought you to this point. I don't know about you, but maybe some of you are living in a place right now that you really don't want to be in. Perhaps you're living with consequences of decisions that you made a long time ago, and although you may not like it, those consequences are still affecting your life now. Maybe you're forced to wonder if things will ever get any better. Perhaps there might be someone here who's broken trust in a relationship, and you wonder if it can ever be fixed. Maybe you made some wrong decisions in front of your boss and you've lost the respect of, of your employer and you're, maybe you're just, your job is just hanging on by a string and you wonder, will this always follow me, these choices or these decisions that I've made? And, and sometimes we feel that it's not just. And we're going to take a look for just a moment at a group of people who were God's chosen people. I mean, God set them up for victory. God set them up for everything that they would want. They were in this, like, incredible place that God had promised to them that people had been talking about being able to be in this place for hundreds of years. It's like for a very, very, very long time. People have been talking about this place that they were going to be. And what life was going to be like when they finally got there. And these were the people who got there. And yet, they begin to make choices and decisions. And their choices and decisions led them into bondage. And what we find here is we found that the Jerusalem was invaded by the Babylonians. They carried them off into captivity to Babylon. And that's where we pick up our story here in Jeremiah 29, verse 4. It says, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. And let me just say that Jeremiah wrote a letter. Jeremiah had been warning these people. He had been saying to him, Jeremiah was known as a weeping prophet. He would preach his heart out and nobody would listen. He would pour his heart out and no one would turn. And he would warn them and warn them and no one would turn. And so eventually... What he prophesied came to pass. They carry off a group of them into captivity. And Jeremiah writes this letter to them. Advising them and guiding them as they're in captivity. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. To all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons. And give your daughters in marriage, so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease, and seek the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says, do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to, you, to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Jeremiah writes to three... We can group them in three different groups of people. The first group that he writes to is... He writes to those who have no hope. I don't know if you've ever been in a time... Whenever you felt like your hope was being stolen away... Or your hope was gone. But I want you to imagine if today if armies would come into New Holland and East Earl and Bowmansville. And they would come and they would load you up into cattle cars or to the back of tractor and trailer semis and haul you off and ship you off to another nation. Everything that you've worked for all your life is gone. The big screen TV is gone. The only thing that you're able to take with you are probably the clothes on your back and what you can carry. Chances are, if you do have any valuables, they will be stolen by the army that's come in to lead them. And that's exactly what happened to the people of Israel. They had been carried off. They had been taken away from their homeland. They lost their freedom. They were now captives. All of their possessions, except for what they could carry with them, were left behind. Their homes had been taken from them. And they had lost their means for making a living. They had been separated from friends and relatives. I'm sure that along the way, some of them would have died from the march from Jerusalem to Babylon. No matter how they looked at it, the situation seemed hopeless. I just want you to just imagine what it would be like to be marching, being forced to march with your kids and your wife. And there's nothing you can do to protect them. And you see your kids thirsty and tired, and there's nothing you can do for them. That's the situation that they are in. You have to help carry them and drag them along, but they have to keep walking. And that was the situation for the children of Israel. Their situation, no matter how they looked at it, I'm sure that their situation seemed hopeless. How should you and I handle depressing situations? Because some of us are in situations because of the wrong choices that we made. Some of us are in difficult... And and if that's the case, you better learn it quickly. Okay? If that's the case, we need to learn that quickly. I have friends who, they make wrong decisions. If you were not here Wednesday night, you missed a good one. I'm just telling you. On Wednesday night, we talked about really of we talked about this principle of sowing and reaping and along with that we talked about do you ever notice that there's some people they'll just make like really carnal foolish choices and then whenever life comes at them and they suffer the consequences they stand there and they're like Duh. uh how did that happen and you just want to grab them and literally shake them and say are you that blind Seriously, you cannot be that foolish to not see the correlation between the, the choices that you've made and the decisions that you made and what is happening in your life now. And, and there's some people who are like that. If you're like that, friend, you need to learn quick. You need to be a quick learner because you're going to keep going through this. So with these children of Israel, they were in a situation. How do we handle those situations? Some of us are simply in a place that we don't want to be. It's not necessarily that you've done something wrong. But life has taken you to a place that you don't want to be. You may be in a holding pattern. And you feel that God has something else for you. But right now, it's just like you're circling the airport, just holding And you're like, God, I know that there's something else. I know that there's something else you want to do. I know that there's something more than what I'm experiencing now. But I'm in this place that I really don't want to be. And it's not that you've done anything wrong. How do we respond to those kind of situations and circumstances? Well, friend, I want to encourage you that you and I need to accept those things from the hand of God. And let God have his way. It does no good to hang our harps on the willow trees and sit around and weep. Although this may be a temporary normal reaction, it is not the way that you and I should continue to respond. One of the first steps of turning tragedy into victory is to accept the situation courageously and put ourselves in the hands of a gracious God who doesn't make mistakes. Now, I'm going to tell you something. According to your plans and my plans, he may make mistakes. And you can spend your whole life arguing and debating with him about it and being angry and be frustrated, but you will accomplish nothing. Jeremiah told him, guys, accept the fate and trust your lives to God's hand. Don't try to change it. Don't try to escape it. and trust your life into the gracious hands of God. The second thing, Jeremiah writes to those who have false hope. Just back then and today, there's false prophets who want to tell you things like you'll never have a problem and you'll never have a difficulty. And then people's faith is shattered whenever things don't go exactly the way that somebody told them. They think that because life isn't always peachy and hunky-dory, that somehow God has failed them or God has forsaken them. These false prophets had convinced the people that their stay in Babylon would be a brief one. Perhaps two years. So there was no need for them to settle down. There was no need for them to go about life as normal. There was no need for them to plan for the future because you're not going to be here long. You're getting out of here. You're not going to have to face these difficulties. Hmm. I wonder how many of you and I are facing difficulties that we didn't think we'd have to face. huh? God's still victorious. If we're going to cry and whine about it, it it's not going to accomplish much. He tells them, just settle down. He tells them, don't believe these lies of the false prophet. The prophet said there's no need to return to normal life, but Jeremiah told him just the opposite. Since they would be there 70 years, there would be plenty of time to build houses and set up their homes. It was important that the exiles had families so that there would be people available to return to Judea. And when, once the captivity ended, this small Jewish remnant was holding in its hands the future of God's great plans. And they must obey Him and be fruitful and multiply. You know, it would be easy for the Jews to wage constant warfare against these idolatrous Babylonians. But Jeremiah instructed them not to strive against them but to try to get along. The exiles were to be peacemakers, not troublemakers. They were to pray for their enemies. Let me just read to you what Jeremiah said to them in verses 6-9. through nine. He says, Mary, have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and daughters. Give your daughters a marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. And seek... The peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it. If it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Don't let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Don't listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. I wonder today... How many of you are in situations where you're just trying to get out? How many of you might be in a place that you don't really want to be? And you're being a horrible citizen there. You're being unproductive. All you're thinking about escaping this situation or escaping this circumstances. Jeremiah said to him, listen guys, you be fruitful and you multiply. In that situation that you don't want to be in. See, if you can only be fruitful and productive for the kingdom of God in situations that you want to be in, probably 80% of the time in your life, you will be unproductive. Am I lying to you? I want you to think about the places in your life that you said, I really didn't want to be there. I really didn't want to go there. I really wish this situation wasn't taking place in my life. But in the midst of it, you and I can be fruitful and we can multiply there. We can be productive even in that place that's not the ideal setting for us. Why? Because we're trusting ourselves to the hand of God. We say, God, I know that you know my needs. God, I know that you know where I'm at. I know that you have not forsaken me here. And I know, listen to this, some of you say, I can't have peace and I can't have joy until I get into this other place. Friends, you can have peace and joy in places that seem very dry and barren. You can be fruitful there. You can enjoy the blessings and the favor of God. And in there, that's what he says to them. Their best course is to yield themselves to the Lord and to those over them. Our best course is in the place that God has placed us is to find peace and joy there. Our best course is to submit ourselves to the hand of God. Some of you are in a job you don't like. Your best course is to submit yourself to the hand of God because He can promote you faster than you can shake a stick. You may say, Pastor, I'm in this situation in in my marriage and I just don't see any end of it getting better. Friends, God can change your marriage in an instant. God can change your situations and your circumstances in a moment. The third place that we want to move on to. Let me just say this too. It's really difficult whenever we preach or teach that you're never going to suffer. That if you suffer, there's some teachings and there's some preachings. and, And sometimes you take something and we go to an extreme with that. If you think that you're never going to suffer in this life, you're going to be constantly disillusioned. If you think that you're never going to have a hard time in this life, You're going to constantly be frustrated. If you think that you're always going to be on the mountaintop and always like hitting on eight cylinders, you're going to go through life just constantly disappointed and disillusioned. Okay? And so, you know, I just think that not that we're looking to be discouraged or live in a place of less than what God's best, but sometimes God's best is through the valley. Sometimes God's plan is through the desert. Sometimes God's plan is through the fiery furnace. That's God's plan. And unless you submit yourself to Him, you won't be able to see that. He speaks to a third group of people. And that's those who have true hope. True hope is based upon the revealed Word of God. Not on dream messages of self-appointed prophets. God gave His people a gracious promise... He says, when 70 years are completed, I'll come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back in this place. God's promise was to deliver them. And He would keep His promise. God makes His plans for His people. And they are good plans. I want you to hear this last thing that Jeremiah spoke to them that we're going to look at today. God said... I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. In the midst of this place that they didn't want to be, I want you to hear this, they're in a place that they didn't want to be. They were there because of wrong choices. They were there because they rejected the ways of God, the Word of God. They rejected the warnings. But I'm going to tell you this. In life, you and I are going to be in places that we don't want to be sometimes. We're going to be in dry places. We're going to be in arid places. We're going to be in places where we don't feel like we're reaching our potential. And you can be angry and sit and cross your arms and cry. But I'm going to tell you, it will produce nothing. You can be frustrated And just curse God and complain to God for years. And it will accomplish nothing. Or you can settle down there. And you say, Lord, let me be fruitful here. You know what I found? I found that whenever people will submit themselves to the hand of God, the quicker you submit yourself to the hand of God, first of all, peace comes. I mean, like, peace comes. Some of you need that. Peace just, like, comes in like a flood. And it fills your heart. You're like, I didn't know I could have peace here. Yes, you can. You can have peace in the midst of a storm. So, this peace comes in. When this peace comes in, then what happens is so many times God begins to reveal to you the reason that you're there. He begins to show you. It's one of those things that's through those difficult places, through those difficult places in the midst of that, God says, I know what I'm doing in your life. God says to Irene, he says, Irene, I know the thoughts. I know the plans I have for you. But this seems like such a dry place. This seems like a place I don't want to be. And maybe you're in a place living with consequences. In spite of those consequences, God says this to you. I know the plans that I have for you. They're plans to prosper you. They're plans for good and not to harm you. They're plans to give you a hope and a future. Someone in this place needs just to settle down in the place that God has placed you. Can I tell you, he has expert movers. And you'd be surprised how quickly he can make things fall into place when he's ready to move you. He has ways of taking care of your situations But some of you need to settle down in the place wherever it is and learn to be content there and learn to be happy and learn to be fruitful. But pastor, I'm not reaching my potential. You be fruitful where God has placed you because you don't know how God may be using those things that you're going through now to position you for something in the future. But if you don't wait on the Lord, you'll never see that. You'll never get to experience that. God's plans for you today, my friend. He's got plans. Listen, if you've blown it, if you've blown it and you're living with consequences, He's got plans for you. If you're in a dry place today through no fault of your own, He's got plans for you. He's been thinking about you before the sun or the moon were ever hung in the skies. You've been on the mind of God. Don't you think for a minute that he don't have plans for you? Don't you think for a minute that his plans aren't good for you? Don't you think for a minute that he doesn't know better? I want this little bit that I can see with my eyes. I can see a little bit. Unfortunately, a lot of people are willing to trade this little bit of insight or wisdom that they have. They're willing to say, I want this as opposed to God from the beginning of time, has been thinking about us and planning for us, as opposed to him seeing the big picture and being able to make decisions and guide and direct our lives. I pray that from today on that we'll quit doing that. I pray that from today on that we'll quit having to have our short-sighted way and allow God to have his total picture in our lives. Jesus, I want to pray for my friends today and I know that there's some who here today who are living with the consequences of wrong decisions in the past. I ask you this morning that you'd grant them the grace to accept what you offer to them, to accept what your hand has brought their way. God, I pray that they would learn to just to submit themselves to the voice of God and to the will of God. And to settle down in that place where they are and to be fruitful. Lord, I pray for those who are living in a place that they don't want to be because of somebody else's choices. And they'd say, Pastor, it wasn't me, it was them, and I resent them for it. And that's why I'm in this place. Lord, I just pray right now in Jesus' name. They'd say, It's not fair. But I just pray that they would just refuse to be bitter or resentful or angry any longer and that they would settle down in the place that you've placed them and be fruitful and multiply and not decrease and not go back. Even though they say, this isn't the ideal environment for me, let them be fruitful there, Lord. Lord, for those people who today here are are in a place where they're in a holding pattern, and they just feel like, oh, God, I know you have something else for me. And I just want to get on and get on with life and get to that place. And yet, Lord, in the midst of that, they're missing what you're trying to do in their lives. And there's many people who squander years of life waiting for the big day. And they grow old and resentful and bitter because that big day that they thought didn't come. When all along, Lord, you've offered them big days all along the path. Jesus, I pray in your name that you would cause us to be people who trust ourselves and commit our lives to the hand of God and then walk faithfully in obedience to what you would say for us because you do have plans for us. And those plans are good plans. And they're plans to prosper us and not to harm us. They're plans that are going to give us a hope in the future. Be with your people today, Lord, as we leave this place and we'll thank you and praise you all you've done in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.